Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. To start this out, I'm a 17-year-old female, and the story takes place to when I was 15, to when I was almost 17. So, the story will be about me first, and the only boyfriend that I've ever had. Writing this story is a form of therapy for me, as I've never sat down and explained everything he did to me. So, to start out, I'd been going to this church with my parents since I was four, well, this boy came to my church with one of his friends when we were in fifth grade, and not too long after, the three of us soon became friends. For privacy reasons, we'll refer to my ex as Dean, and our mutual friend as Sam. Me and Dean really liked each other for a while, and we had started dating on my 15th birthday. We were awkward kids, and we only hung out at church or youth events. We finally had our very first date in February, right before the pandemic. After my 16th birthday, something finally clicked and we became inseparable. We got into a routine of hanging out after he got out of school one or two days a week and we hung out at my house every Sunday after church. I was in love with this boy, but then after he got out of school for the summer of May 2021, it all went downhill. Dean was obsessed with me and not in a good way. He had Life 360 on me, but so did all my friends, so I never really thought anything of it, until he got to the point where he was really creepy about it. He also texted me constantly, and would blow up my phone till I answered. One time in particular, three of my friends had surprised me, and they took me to our local mall for the day to go shopping, because they knew I needed a girl's day. Dean, of course, wasn't happy I was going out without him, because he thought I would get hurt or kidnapped without him. He wanted me to text him when I entered the store and in the mall, and when I left. I wanted to enjoy the day, so I didn't tell him when we moved stores. He blew up my phone, but I just ignored it. It got embarrassing when he had called and texted the friends I was with, frantically wanting to know if I was okay. After we shopped, we went to eat, and Dean had begged me to call him. I told him no, and that it was really rude because I was with my friends, and that the four of us hadn't been able to hang out in a while, which of course upset him. When they dropped me back off in my house, me and Dean had planned to FaceTime so I could show him what I bought. Instead, as soon as I FaceTimed him, he gave me a serious talk about how worried he was about me, and that he screamed and cried and punched things all day because he was so worried about me, and also how my friends should have really asked him before taking me anywhere. I just kept trying to reassure him, but at the same time not laugh about it. I mean, come on, screaming and crying? It was the four of us together, and I have martial arts training as well. I mean, I know things can happen, but I'm not stupid. My own dad is super overprotective of me, with me being an only child, and even he has never acted like that. There was also another instance that really pissed me off, and really showed me just how unhinged he was. In July of 2021, 
A family friend from out of state came to visit. She came down for a weekend, and her and my family went horseback riding. I had 15 plus texts from Dean, wondering if I was okay. On the ride back, I told him I was fine, and then I fell asleep in the car. When I later woke up, he had again sent me multiple texts, asking what happened. He asked what we were going to do later that evening, and I told him we were going to get in our pool and go swimming. And surprise, surprise, he had begged to come over and meet the family friend. He was driving me insane about it, and I called him when I got home. I told him it wasn't a good time, and he had then started crying on the phone, and he was actually punching trees in his backyard, telling me that his friend sucked, and that I was his only real friend he had. He made me feel like I had to be glued to my phone. There were so many instances where I would lay my phone down for an hour, and I would always come back to 15 or more texts, saying things like, Baby? Hey? I love you. Are you mad at me? And it drove me insane. He started getting really scary though near the end of the summer. Now, I was really fine on kissing him and making out every once in a while. But he began to get forceful. He would grab me and kiss me even when I would say no. And he would grab my ass and boobs in front of my friends. He would pin me down on my bed and kiss me even though I would tell him to get off repeatedly. He would also stick his hand in my pants even after I would tell him no and move his hand. And then he would start crying and saying he was sorry, like he was the victim. Once he begged me to give him a hand job, and when I said no, he called me a fucking asshole. He really kept me on edge, and he made me feel like I had to have my phone on me constantly. And he dragged me down so terribly. In August of last year, I finally broke up with him over the phone, and he took it horribly. He was crying and screaming, but I had lost all sympathy at this point. He also called all of my friends to tell them we broke up. Why on earth would you feel the need to call them first? When I was talking to one of my coworkers and boss about him, one of them suggested turning my location off on Life360 to get a break until I broke up with him. What really concerned me the most was within about 30 minutes of me turning it off, he then texted me asking me why I paused it and he asked me to turn it on multiple times a day before I ended things. The day after I broke up with him, I met up with two friends at a local diner in our small town, and Dean showed up, and he got breakfast in the drive-thru. Now, he literally hates that place, and he's never once gotten breakfast there. I still have no idea how he knew I was there, because my location was still off, and he had left the Life 360 circle right after I dumped him. I had also parked my car way in the back, away from view, because my car is very noticeable. It makes me a target. He was really starting to scare me and freak me out at this point. I was really starting to worry that he was going to rape or assault me at some point if I continued to let this go on any longer. He honestly just made no sense, and he acted like a child. He actually hated one of my friends simply because she was allowed to spend the night and he couldn't. He would always get depressed and he always wanted to talk whenever she was over. I think I used to believe it at first, but I then realized he just wanted my attention. He also openly admitted that he had a porn addiction when he was 8 years old because of his dad's death depressing him so much. Look, I'm not an evil person. I know that losing someone you're close with like that is really traumatic and everyone deals with it in a different way. But I'm sorry. I feel like him saying his dad's death made him watch porn was just really weird to me. 
Now, moving on to after we broke up, he called his brother saying he had lied about things that I never even did, and I felt like he was always going everywhere I did. I even caught one of his friends taking a photo of me. He always stares at me all throughout church, and it makes me so uncomfortable. A few Sundays ago, I realized he was wearing the scrunchie I gave him, and he's always wearing the vans I bought him, as well as the phone case I painted for him. It feels like he's everywhere, and I can't escape him. What really makes all of this so much worse is just how much of a hypocrite he is. He always stands up and makes a scene at church, what I know how he really is. Our mutual friend Sam that I'd mentioned earlier actually turned on me and was now only siding with Dean. Dean's mom would always call Sam her second son all over Facebook, even though Dean would talk crap about him all the time. The hypocrisy I see from them bothers me so much that I'm actually changing churches after I walk the stage with them on Sunday. Well, the Halloween right after we broke up, Sam had messaged me, asking for my side of the story. When I explained everything that happened, here was his reply. I want to start off by saying that I'm not picking any sides on this, and I want this to stay between us. He told me about what y'all did alone together, and that he used to watch porn. He also told me that he deeply regrets doing those things, and he wishes that he never did them. He knows he did some things wrong. He admitted that. And about letting you go places, he told me that he just wanted to make sure that you were okay and that you were having fun, that he wasn't trying to be controlling. He cared about you. He wanted to make sure you weren't going places you shouldn't be going. Another topic, when you said that he would get upset whenever you didn't respond... He told me that he would have nights where he would feel really lonely and think about his dad or something, and he just wanted to talk to you, but you decided to just put your phone away and ignore him. And about his dad, he told me about how when his dad died when he was young, and that he was so depressed for such a long time, and it caused him to have a porn addiction, and he couldn't sleep for so many nights, and that whenever he told you about it, you laughed at him, or at least snickered. He was seven or eight years old and losing his will to live, and you laughed at him about that. Once again, I'm not picking sides. I'm just telling you his side of the story. After he texted me that, I was totally dumbfounded. He very obviously picked sides, and I now have nothing to do with him anymore. Now, I know this wasn't the absolute scariest story out there, but it really goes to show you how anyone, no matter how good they are, or if they go to church, can actually be the literal scum of the earth or be a complete weirdo. Having a guy care about you and wanting you to be safe is a good thing, but this guy took it to the next level, and he really scared me by how much he was obsessed with me. I've heard from different people that he plans to go to the military, and I really hope that happens so he'll be gone from my life and won't act like a little baby anymore. He was always used to getting anything he wanted at 17 years old, and for him to go to the military and be yelled at 24-7 would really be amazing to me. Stay safe out there, everyone, and don't let relationships like mine drag on. If they make you depressed and always glued to your phone, and always on the edge like they'll kill themselves, they probably aren't the one. My name is Denise. I just turned 37 a few weeks ago, and this happened about 10 years ago. I had started dating this guy who, for privacy reasons, will call him Tony. I had met him through a mutual friend on Facebook. 
He started messaging me, and we seemed to click right away. He seemed to be everything I wanted in a man. He was tall, handsome, well-mannered, and he treated me like a queen. We dated with no problems for about seven months, but then things started to change. If I wanted to hang out with my friends, he would tell me I should ask him first because he might have something planned for us. Or if I would go out to dinner with my mother, he would think I'm with another guy and he would call me some names I'd rather not repeat. If I wore something he didn't like, he would tell me to change and he would call me constantly. And if I wouldn't answer, he would just show up at my house and think I'm messing around on him. He was becoming so controlling. Sadly, I had put up with this for another four months until we went to a concert at the House of Blues. He went to the bar to get a drink and this guy came up to me and started talking to me. I told him I'm with my boyfriend and the guy started to walk away and then slapped my butt. Tony saw this and he started yelling at me in front of everyone and he said to me, Oh, so that's the guy you're cheating on me with. I told him I wasn't cheating and I don't even know that guy. He then grabbed my arm and dragged me outside. He hit me so hard that it caused my nose and lip to bleed and I had a bruise on my face and arm for weeks. Since I had drove us there, I ran all the way to my car and then left. He called me as I was driving home and he told me how sorry he was that he accused me of cheating and for hitting me. I told him to screw off and that we're so over and I hung up. I ignored him for two weeks and he then started showing up to where I worked and causing a scene and eventually he'd caused me to get fired. I had found another job with my friend and he found out where I was working and started sending creepy notes to me and he had also sent me 11 roses with a black rose in the middle. It creeped me out and I was really scared to be alone and so my friend said I could stay at her place for a while. The next few days, he would call me and he would leave me long voicemails saying he's at a bar getting drunk and how he's thinking about driving his motorcycle off a bridge or drinking rat poison. I texted him and told him that I didn't care what he did. I eventually went back to my house and I caught him trying to break in a few times. I called the cops and all they told me was I can get a restraining order, which is a complete joke. The final time I saw him is when he broke in in the middle of the night. I got out of my bed because I heard a noise and he grabbed me. He then slammed me up against a wall, then said, If you scream, I swear I'll cut out your tongue. I was so scared and he had tied my hands behind my back. He told me he was going to kill me so slowly so that I can feel all the pain that I've caused him since we broke up. He then said, If I can't have you, nobody's going to. He left the room and I managed to get my cell phone from the bedside table and I dialed 911 with my nose. I told them my ex was trying to kill me and gave them my address. He came back in and then smashed my phone. The cops were there in a matter of minutes and then arrested him, but not before he stabbed me in the shoulder and leg. Apparently I had passed out from losing so much blood and I later woke up in the hospital. The cops came by and I gave them a statement and had to go through all that bullshit. After all the legal crap was over, I moved to a different city and I still have nightmares about that night, but I am doing much better knowing that he's behind bars. I pray that whenever he gets out, I never see him again.
to start this little adventure, I'd like to say if you haven't been a part of an abusive relationship, you don't truly understand why that person stays. I was a senior in high school, and I had already been pretty good buddies with Jay for a couple of years. We enjoyed everything together. We graduated high school together. He was sweet, and he really made me feel like I was the love of his life. But once we got our apartment and he wasn't around his mother, he changed. For months, I was physically and mentally abused. I didn't know how to leave, and all of the self-assurance I built up was gone, depleted due to his mind games and physical torture. Not every day being with an abuser is bad if you know to keep them happy and also make it seem like you're happy to be with them. The first time we broke up was when I finally had enough of his abuse. I had messaged my friend Dee, letting her know of all the abuse, and that I needed help getting out. I had a tattoo appointment planned for the next day. Jay decided he wanted to join. While getting a tattoo, he grabbed my phone. He stormed out, and all of us were confused. Dee and I started talking about all the steps I would need to take in the next couple of weeks to get out and be rid of him for good since he left. Once when the appointment was done, Jay was very angry. I got into the car, as well as Dee, and he then started to drive very crazy. He was crying, and he had started to hit the ceiling of the car. I asked him what was wrong, and he said that he knew. He knew I was planning on leaving him. I felt like all the color in my face then left, because he then started to laugh like a madman, and he proceeded to tell me he was going to drive off a bridge with me in the car. I had to think quickly, because a bridge was coming right around the corner. I told him if he fixes the way he treats me, I'll stay, but he then threatened death on me, and how D wasn't going to keep me. I then told him this car is his only transportation, and he then slowed down and asked if I would stay with them. I said yes. Once we got to D's place, I jumped out of the car, and before going into her house, I told him I was done with them, and that I will never be a victim of his abuse again. But he played the best mind games with my church and my other multiple friends, so now I look like the jerk for not taking him back. I did eventually go back to him, and we had stayed together for three more years. He was still abusing me and causing me bruises. I lost all respect for myself in those three years because I took that monster back. I allowed him to hit me, choke me, and make me feel worthless. I had very dark moments in that period where all I wanted to do was die because I had no support from family to help me. After all, they had abandoned me because of Jay, and he would use that to his advantage. At the end of the three-year mark, he broke things off with me. My brain was very scattered. I didn't know what to think. I just cried for days. And finally, I was able to understand why I was crying. It's because I was free from his abuse. I knew I wouldn't go back to him. He even tried to beg for me to come back, and I told him I would never go back to him in a million years. I thought that I had deleted him from everything I had him on, but somehow he knew when I was going on dates or whenever I was happy. I did go to therapy because my brain was very messed up. I did eventually get married to the most caring and amazing man who had truly helped me with my fears. I did find out that after ending things with Jay, that a mutual friend of ours was keeping tabs on me to let him know what I was doing, and they decided to date for a while. She ended things with him because he started to do the same things to her that he was doing to me. 
She apologized to me for causing unnecessary issues by telling him what I was doing. I ended contact with her as well, since she in my mind was an absolute snake and knew what Jay was like, but she didn't believe me until he started doing it to her as well. So yeah, fuck her too. I wasn't that experienced with relationships in 7th grade. I didn't really know that much about girls. Then one day at lunch, this girl named Madison who had sat at my table whispered into my ears, I like you. And that's basically how I met and started dating my first ever girlfriend. So strange at a young age, that's all it takes. I knew Addison from our class and our little friends group, but in no way did I know her well. She was a pretty good looking girl, dirty blonde with brown eyes. We really didn't do much besides hang out in our neighborhood and school. However, I started noticing Addison literally everywhere I went, whether it was the community pool with my guy friends or the grocery store down the street with my family. She wouldn't really approach me. It was in a very stalker kind of way. Whenever I would ask her about it the day after or at school, she would say it was a coincidence. Well, this just got worse and worse until one of her friends, Christine, literally told me at school one day that Addison was out my house late at night. When I confronted her all about this, she denied everything and she told me I'm crazy and that I'm seeing her everywhere because I'm madly in love with her. I had never broken up with someone before and I guess I was a pretty unconfident guy at the time to begin with. So I ignored all this weird stuff and kept Addison close to me. The next major red flag was her telling to meet me up at the park one night close to our neighborhood. We have a small lake in the park and she told me she's there. I make my way there and I ask her why the fuck we're meeting at night at a weird place. She was acting really strange and a little hostile, telling me we should jump in the water and drown together. I was seriously afraid of what she was saying. I was just about to leave when she then grabbed onto me and wasn't letting go. We ended up rolling around in the grass, but not in a cute way, more like a football tackle. I was getting weirded out and I then told her that maybe we should just be friends. This is when she went insane. She started stalking me really heavily all the way to my house in the morning and evenings, and anytime I would look out my room's window, she would be staring up from the sidewalk. It was weird as fuck. I wanted to tell my family, but I was really scared, and I didn't want to tell my friends because I'm a guy. Then the last straw happened. This girl decides to follow me home from school one day during the summer, and then from right behind me, punches me to the ground, then thrashing me with her backpack. Once I was completely out of it, she gets on top of me, then takes my hand, and puts a bracelet on me that has her name and my name carved into it. She then takes out some sort of razor blade out of her bag and starts cutting her arm with it. I wasn't even sure what to do, but I knew right away that she was carving my name into her arm, and I didn't want to wait to find out if she wanted me to carve hers into mine. I ran all the way home and locked all of my doors, and I then threw out my shirt as there were squirts of blood on it, and I didn't want my parents finding out. Not related to this, but coincidentally, my family was moving two cities away later that summer. Rest assured, I threw out that bracelet, and for the rest of the summer, I avoided going outside for good. I blocked her on everything, and every night, 
I'd always make sure we locked the doors and closed our garage. I did see her in passing a handful of times again, but whenever I noticed her, I'd always make a run for my house. I swear there was a few times that I heard her following me or even running at me, but I got away, and once we moved, I never looked back nor saw her. So Addison, I definitely don't want to see you again, but I really, really hope you got help for whatever was going on with you, because you really need it.